morning, everyone. Welcome to our church and welcome to the communion table. This is a new year, time for a new year's resolution. Also time for a, a new series on our communion <laughs> message. We have just finished a series called The Spirit of the Law. Do we remember what is the spirit of the law? Because we're now new covenant believers, right? We have the Holy Spirit in us. The law is now written in our hearts. That means we, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can understand its meaning, and we voluntarily obey. We are not bound by its words, but we voluntarily obey its spirit. This is how Christians deal with the law. Okay? So what are the spirit of the law according to the summary that I gave you? Number one, be grateful. Number two, be faithful. Number three, be consistent. Number four, be trusting. Number five, being be obedient. Those are the five vertical ones. So horizontal ones, number one, respect life. Number two, respect marriage. Number three, respect property. And uh, if you respect them in the right order, that is be just. And then after that, deal with your own attitudes, that is be fair. Okay, That's the five horizontal. So now let us begin a new series to see how Israel violated these commandments in its history. We know that Israel was the people, the chosen people of God for the physical kingdom. All right? We are the chosen people of God for the spiritual kingdom. But Israel being in the flesh and without the Holy Spirit, how did they do under the law? Could they have kept it all at all times by all people? No, it's impossible. Okay? That's why let us review in the history of Israel through the Old Testament. When did they significantly violate these ten commandments in their spirit and therefore they are judged? You know, they, these things go further and further until they have to be carried away. Right? Because they were put in a strategic land of the world. Do you know that if you look at the map globally, you see Israel basically is the center of the world. You talk about it? You have the ancient maps, they write three leaves in the map. There's Europe, on your side, Europe, Asia, and Africa. Where's the center? Israel. And through Israel, there are two highways that connect Egypt and Babylonia. That's two centers of the world, uh, of the world civilization. Okay? There's one by the sea, it's called the Via Maris. There's one in the desert that's called the King's Highway. Okay? So the ancient civilization, if they pass through the land of Israel, and they see the people of Israel obeying the law, laws of God and living holy and righteous, what would they think about the God of Israel? They would exalt him, right? But what if they see that the people of Israel, while knowing the law of God and disobeying them, they would be called hypocrites. And they would think, and your God still bless you while you're living as hypocrites? They're going to put down the God of Israel. Right? So that's why when they have violated these laws to the uttermost, God gave them a time, right? 290 years for Israel, 490 years for Judah. And then after that, they have to be carried away. So let's see the process. How would man 
mankind, you know, Israel is a representative, it's a sample of mankind. How would mankind do without the Holy Spirit under the law of God? Not so good. Okay? You're going to violate them one at a time and finally all of them. Okay? So the first, being ungrateful, happened right after the Exodus. You know? Right after the Exodus, what did Israel ex experience in, uh, in Egypt? Ten plagues of Moses, right? God exhibited his, his power over evil and his goodness to Israel, right? The darkness, that's only over the Egyptians. In Israel, land of Goshen, no darkness, all right? The fleas, or what do you call them, gnats, they're only for the Egyptians, not the Israelites, okay? And on and so on. So haven't they experienced God? They have. But what does experience bring? Does it necessarily bring faith? No. Okay. So experience may open the door to the faith for some, but it does not necessarily bring faith for all. So what did Israelites experience right after they came out of Egypt? Egypt. They were pursued by the chariots of Pharaoh. They were facing the Red Sea. Okay, so what happened? God opened the sea, right? They crossed over, bring the sea back together, and drowned all of the Egyptian forces. So have they experienced God's goodness and greatness again? Yes. If God could save them from Israel, would God be able to deliver them and preserve them and send them to the promised land? should believe that, right? But did they? Okay. Here in chapter 12 of Exodus, that's when the Exodus actually happened. Okay. In chapter 13, it's crossing the Red Sea. Okay. And uh, chapter um, 14 and 15, that's uh, Moses, Song of Moses, okay. praising God for this. Now, in the beginning of chapter 16 of Exodus, then they set out from Elim, and all the congregation of the sons of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after their departure from the land of Egypt. On the 15th day of the first month, that's when they came out. So this is a month later, on the 15th day of the second month. Okay. And uh, the whole congregation of the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. The sons of Israel said to them, Would that we have died by the Lord's hand in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat, when we ate bread to the full? For you have brought us out into the wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. So did they have faith? Were they grateful? Okay. The, the violation of the first spirit of the law happened right after passing of the sea. It's not a good beginning, right? That's why we know the necessity of the Holy Spirit for us to be spiritually in agreement with God. Okay? And without the new Holy Spirit, without the new covenant, the church, which is actually lowering the totem pole in relation to God in the Old Testament, would do nothing 
better. I mean, it could, it could be worse. But with the Holy Spirit, it's awesome. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing us together as your people. Thank you for um, giving us this new phase of the kingdom of God, the spiritual kingdom. And uh, as you lead us to review what you have done with Israel and what they have done under your law, we recognize that they have no better results than they have achieved. And uh, it is not good. But with the Holy Spirit, with the new covenant, we are given a much better beginning point. We pray that we shall follow and we shall reach the predestined ending point with glory and victory and celebration. I pray in Jesus' name. Jesus had the Last Supper with his disciples. He broke the bread. We already broke it for you. So, you know. <laughs> the, the, the point is, the bread was a unleavened bread. It represents a sinless life of Jesus Christ. So when you eat this, when you crunch it with your teeth, not too clear teeth, not too clear face. When you crunch it with your teeth, remember Jesus Christ let voluntarily let his body being broken in a sense on the cross. Okay. You know his legs, his bones were not broken. But he took the thorn of uh, he took the crown of thorns, he took the slashes on his back, and he was nailed in the hand and in his feet. Okay. And he could have just asked a battalion of angels and to to, to vanquish all of the Romans. He did not. Why? Because he loved us. He obeyed his father. So when you take this, remember his sacrifice. He gave his life 
to reveal the truthfulness of God that is holy and the love of God that he chose us and made the church designated to be the bride of Christ, fellow heirs of Christ. It's all God's greatness and goodness. And it, it became real to us through Christ's death on the cross. Of course, he didn't end up dead, right? He ended up resurrected. But without his voluntary obedience and sacrifice, there was a cross. We have no future. But now, with him, we have guaranteed thankfulness to his love and sacrifice. Take this bread in remembrance of him. Jesus Christ raised his cup. This is actually the third cup in the sequence of four cups of a past, um, Passover dinner. He drank only three. And in the third, he said, this is the blood of the new covenant. And uh, when you take this, uh, remember him. If you re remember, the new covenant is a, is a higher level than the old covenant, right? Old covenant is conditional. This is unconditional. Old covenant is for is laws for slaves and then for children. And the new covenant is for family members who have the spirit of God, who understand the heart and value of God and who is not under the letter of the law. This is unconditional love. It's much higher level. And we who were lower on the totem pole in relation to God in the Old Testament as a member of the nation, now we have been added to a higher plane. Okay? And this is all grace of God and it's all based upon Jesus Christ shedding his blood on the cross. Because of his blood shed, you drink this with a red wine. Not, not really wine, which is grape juice now, because we're sensitive to people who may have problems with alcohol. But it's red. It represents the blood of Christ. When you drink this, think about Jesus' blood covering us. And it's like the high priest shedding the blood of the lamb, in this case his own blood, on the, on the, the mercy seat of the covenant. And therefore, God looking from heaven, he will not see the, the law tablets in the, in the ark because he sees the blood of the lamb representing the sinless life of Christ. If you have Christ as your Lord and Savior, his blood covers us from God's wrath over sin. We are safe in him. Okay? So remember that, and because of that, be grateful. Therefore, be obedient. The blood of Christ was shed for us. We take this in remembrance. Dear Lord Jesus Christ, we love you because you loved us first. You gave us truth about the holiness of God, the reality of God, the power of, this power of God, and the, the goodness of God. And then above that, based on all of that, you gave us your life because of your love for us. We thank you. We receive your love, and we pray that it will change us transform us and turn us from the old fleshly person to, to a new spiritual person who love God as you do and who love others as you do. We pray this in all things. Amen.